You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to The Authenticity Show, if you haven't already done so, wherever you get your podcasts, and connect with us on social media. That means like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, check out our YouTube page, and you can find our website at AuthenticityShow.com. Today we have a special guest, Lori Ballinger, who happens to be Satch's sister, and we're going to talk about paranormal phenomena. Have you ever had a feeling that saved your life? Have you ever seen a UFO? These are first-hand accounts, things we've actually seen and experienced. Now, as usual, we like to try to be open-minded skeptics about these things, which means we keep an open mind, but not so open that our brains fall out. So, Carlos, it is uh, Halloween weekend. Big full moon coming. Yeah, there is the normal. There is the abnormal. Mm-hmm. There's even the paranormal. There is. There's the Abbey normal as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've had some interesting experiences in our lives. We know people that have had interesting experiences. And uh, that's what this episode's about. It's about strange, fascinating things that have happened to us, you, me, people we know, our family members, our friends. And they're things that we can't necessarily explain. Uh, but they're certainly fun to talk about. They are, and I'm excited about this because it's it's one of those things where I was looking forward to this conversation because it's something that, you know, we're dredging up memories about the past, and there are things that I just don't have an adequate explanation for why, but they sure as hell happened, or at least I experienced it that way, and there's a lot of strange things in the world. It reminds me of the Shakespeare quote, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy which is Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, So episodes like this um, are inspiring to me because every time I have this conversation with somebody in my life, Mm -hmm. you walk away with a sense of awe, Mm -hmm. you know, that the world is still big because it often seems, especially these days with technology and, and all of that, that the world is getting smaller and we're solving so many mysteries but there are so many that are not solved. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into some of these stories. And this is the first episode that we've done where we have one of my family members joining us. That's right. She's sitting right between us. Yes. And this is my dear sister, Lori. Hey, Lori. Hi. Hello, Lori. Um, You know, Lori's a little on the shy side, right? So... um, uh, but that's okay. That's that's perfectly okay because I think it makes for intriguing audio. It does. Yeah. Now, uh, my sister, by the way, well, we decided once we posted this on Facebook, didn't we? Yes, we did. That, that we we thought that the greatest gift our parents ever gave us was each other. Beautiful. And uh, we've had many good conversations. Speaking of aww. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so this sister of mine, Carlos, has had you know a few really, really interesting experiences that were worth bringing her all the way over here to uh, record, um, especially one particular story. Um, and there's, there's a couple other little things that I've always found interesting about your life, Lori. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, my sister 
is not a very magical thinker. This is not a person who consults mm -hmm. psychics and, you know, she works in aerospace and stuff like that. She's Reads a very... the horoscopes and... Yeah, she, she's down to sees earth. Sees 11-11 everywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you hear her tell some interesting stories, it really is interesting. Yeah. And um, there is a particular story that you have. Mm-hmm. That happened, I think, when you were 19. 19. Is that right? So yeah. I was around nine, nine-ish. I was eight yep. or nine years old at the time. And it's a big memory of my life. Mine too. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I know. And it, it, this, this goes in a really cool direction. How did it start? It started one day when I heard a man's voice right behind me asking, how old are you? And I turned around. No one, there's nobody there because I'm home by myself. <laughs> and, but you still turn around, you know. And I thought, okay, well, that was kind of weird. And over the next couple of weeks, I just, it happened more and more. And, and it was always the same voice, a man's voice right behind me. And he never said anything else but, how old are you? Did and you answer? I answered on October 2nd. On a Saturday morning, mm -hmm. I woke up, and it was just constant, just over and over and over. How old are you? How old are you? And I finally turned around, and I said, 19. I'm 19 years old, and if I'm supposed to die, do it already, because you're driving me out of my fucking mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and it stopped. And mm. then I had a really good day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So before you go on any further, um, uh -huh. I'm just curious. Uh, so this had gone on for what? A, a couple weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah, just happened, about a couple weeks. A couple weeks. And, and um, did you have any feelings associated with it? Like when it, in the beginning when it started happening? Um, no, I was afraid I was losing my mind. <laughs> okay. So you just kind of thought maybe you were losing yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean, it was, at least the voices weren't telling me to do anything or hurt anybody. But yeah, it was just weird having a man's voice. And it, it wasn't in my head. I mean, he was behind me. You know, you it wasn't like it outside I, of your yeah, head. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. in. You know, like I was hearing it in my head. Mm -hmm. So then this this escalated and something happened. So so take us through that day. All right. So it was a really good day. Um, my birthday was coming up, and Grandma came home, took me shopping. We did a little bit, you know, early birthday shopping. Went out to lunch, and later that evening, my boyfriend was supposed to come pick me up. He had a friend in town that, he, that used to live there. He hadn't seen him in a while. So he was supposed to pick me up about 1030. And of course he was late. He didn't get there till about 1230. And I almost didn't go. It was just too late. And I went ahead and went and we got in a car accident. We went off the overpass about airborne 30 feet, landed on the bottom Wasn't up against like, like a, like a 30-something foot drop or was, something off It was the about edge. a 30 to 32 foot drop. Yeah. And we landed up against, kind of the car kind of rested up against the fence by the L.A. River. That keeps the people from yeah. going to the L.A. River. So you Who was driving? Um, my boyfriend okay, at the time. Gotcha. And, yeah, and I was a this passenger. was a Pinto station wagon. Ford Pinto wow. station wagon. And it didn't blow up. It did not blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be telling this story. So this was, it was a pretty severe accident, yeah. right? So you want to maybe I, mention your injuries and everything yeah, that happened? Yeah, I came and, to kind of in the back seat and uh, on the floor in the back seat and kind of pulled myself up onto the seat and 
my leg, I couldn't get my leg to move. So I looked down and it's bending in the middle of the thigh. But it, shock is a wonderful thing at that point because it didn't hurt. I picked it up. I moved it where I wanted it to go. And um, Eddie finally, at some point, he came in the back seat and, and, you know, we were, he was in the back seat with me and realized, okay, nobody's coming. You know, it was a single car accident. Nobody saw it. And we're off the freeway. And uh, I finally told him, I said, you're going to have to go get some help. I, I, I can't move. So he climbed over the back seat because none of the doors worked. And, and this is before the day of cell phones. Yes, there were no cell phones back then. <laughs> this was 1982. Yeah. October, okay. technically the third because it happened after midnight. But I always looked at it as a Saturday night. Um, and he slid down the back because the, the back had opened up. And um, I didn't see him or hear him after that, you know, so I didn't know what was happening. Kind of still in shock and uh, kind of holding on to the back seat. And for some reason, I thought if I stopped talking to him, he was going to die. So I just talked for the longest time, or it seemed like the longest time. Um, but I ended up having a broken back, a broken femur, collapsed lung, bruised heart, and stayed in the car like that for about five hours until somebody... The paramedics that wow. they, the an Edison worker found him just kind of wandering the streets. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, and okay. he I started. Maybe he at, made it to a restaurant or something. It was an Edison worker. It was an Edison worker so who he started a, at five. He was in a state. Yeah. Oh, he had had a toolbox hit him in the head, so he just yeah was covered was in loopy. blood. And, yeah, he's had blood and had a concussion and couldn't yeah. remember what happened. Right? Is yeah. That, okay. So, the paramedics took the same off ramp that we had taken and they noticed the car. So after they checked him, took him to the hospital, they decided to come back and, and make sure nobody was in the car and they found me. Thank and God. About five hours later, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had heard them outside the car. So I knew they were there. They said, you know, we're going to come get you out. But I'm just fading in and out at this point. And the next thing I remember is the paramedic had climbed in the back of the Pinto and was behind me. And it was, the voice was now a man asking me, how old are you? <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I couldn't answer. But I, my, my, the only thing I thought of was, wow, I was supposed to die at 19. Oh, I goodness. That. You had that thought, huh? Yeah. It's like, wow. if I answer him, I'm going to die. I couldn't answer him anyway. And it was probably, yeah. you know. Wow. Hmm. But, what a state. So yeah. you, 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 when you say you couldn't answer him, you mean the paramedic, you, you didn't yeah, answer, you no. did not answer the paramedic. I, I couldn't, at that point I couldn't do it. I couldn't lift my hand. I couldn't respond. I could hear him, but I was fading in and out. I heard him asking for the backboard and I, did, I wanted to say, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. It just hurts, <laughs> you know? And I, I remember them saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to get you out of the car now and it's going to hurt. The leg's going to hurt. Your leg's broken. I'm like, well, I moved it and it didn't hurt. No sooner they moved me and it hurt. Mm. <laughs> Power of suggestion. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is what we're talking about yeah. this weekend. Right. You know, it's going to hurt. <laughs> they were right. Yeah. Yeah. Bad bedside manner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was cold, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't God, it like, yeah. Like this, this, so the accident happened around what time? Like one um, in the morning or something? One-ish? Right. Yeah. Probably a little before one in the morning. Okay. Yeah. My goodness. Wow. So, um... Well, I remember coming to visit you in the hospital, and I remember looking at your hand, seeing little cuts all over the back of your hand. I remember that. That was, like, every window in this Ford Pinto shattered, except for 
the very last window on the driver's side. So there was just glass everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one point I just couldn't hold myself up. I was kind of holding on to the seat and I couldn't hold myself up anymore. And I had to lay down and I heard the glass. And I remember reaching behind me trying to brush it off oh, yeah. there as you much go. as I Oof. could. That yeah. was it. Wow. Oh, goodness. Wow. What a story. Yeah, isn't that, yeah. Isn't that wild? What do, you, what do you think of that story? I mean, like, do you have any thoughts about what that was and how that happened or... I think, I, I believe in, guard. I think people have guardian angels. And I think I had a guardian angel trying to tell me, hey, you're going down the wrong path. You're making some bad decisions. And You know, Lori, before you said guardian angel, mm -hmm. um, about two minutes ago, when you were describing uh, the toolbox and hitting your boyfriend's head and all that kind of stuff, I had this uh, internal mind-wandering experience where I was um, discussing with you about your holy guardian angel. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting. That, and we're talking about intuitions and yeah. strange stuff. So it felt like I should mention that. Yeah. So as soon as you said guardian angel, everything went, yep. Yep. That, <laughs> Inside. Mm. How I felt. And I also learned that I listened to those voices. We all get those feelings, you know, mm -hmm. when you're speeding and all of a sudden you think, oh, it's time to slow down mm -hmm. and you pass a cop, you know, or you're mm -hmm. trying to get out and you're running late and you pass an accident that, if had you left on time, you would have been there, you know, right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So I I learned a long time ago after that accident. I listened to the I listened to those yeah those feelings. It's quite and, a lesson. Yeah, mm, quite a lesson. Um, wow, yeah, you know that's that's quite a story. I could always every time you tell you tell the story, every time I've thought about it or heard it over the years, I almost picture it being like the perfect Twilight Zone episode, mm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and when he says, "How old are you?" Ding, 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 ding. It's the end of the show, you know? Picture if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Signpost just ahead. Hey, you know, Satch, speaking of strange situations that you that you get an intuition about, you told me a story about you and some friends many years ago in a car. And it was a pretty interesting story. Can you share that with us? Sure. Um, I know exactly what story you're talking about. <clears throat> it was a peak moment in my life. There was a lake in uh, a rather populated city. This would have been back sometime in the, probably the early 1990s when this happened. And me and some of my friends used to go fishing at this lake. And now, now this is not a remote lake. This is a lake in, in a city, kind of a man-made, you know, stocked lake. And a friend and I decided that we would go watch a movie and right across the street from the movie theater was the lake. So we watched a movie. We had our fishing poles in the trunk, uh, went and bought our chicken livers from the grocery store next door. We were all mm. ready to go. I know just mm, who needs fish when you have bait, right? Mm. Um, and this was at nighttime because we were going to go fishing for catfish. So... All I had to do was pull out of a driveway, make a right turn, go through one traffic light, and then make another right turn into another driveway, and we were at our destination. It was very, very close. This mm -hmm. is a place I'd been many times. Uh, it's safe to say that I knew my way around in this area. However, on this particular night, something bizarre happened. I pull out of the driveway, and I turn right. 
and suddenly everything seemed strange. I wasn't sure where I was. I felt disoriented. I got all turned around. I didn't know which direction the lake was. And I said to my friend, it was just me and, a, and one other friend in the car. I said, wait a minute, where, where's the lake? And he looked at me kind of puzzled, like, are you crazy, man? You know? <laughs> and he just said, oh, just straight ahead. I said, oh, okay. And so I started driving towards uh, this intersection and things still didn't seem right. And I see this green light and I'm, I'm going towards the intersection and I just had this gnawing feeling that this just can't be right. I was going the wrong direction. And I took my foot off the accelerator and I tapped the brake to slow down thinking I needed to make a turn or go someplace else. I remember looking to my left as I was about to go through the intersection and seeing cars stopped for the red light. And all the lanes were blocked with cars waiting for the red light to turn. I took my foot off the brake and as it was going back to the accelerator, a car was on the wrong side of the road, driving at very high speed, way too fast for that area. There was a, there was a median, like, a, like a, a, an island separating the two sides of the street. So he was on the wrong side of the island, ran the red light and crossed over from the wrong side of the street into the proper lane, which in my mind's eye, if I was going at the speed that I would normally have been going at, he would have hit me right in the door, going really, really, really fast. And I remember I had taken my foot off the accelerator and it hadn't even got, I, I took my foot off the brake rather. It hadn't even got back to the accelerator and he missed my bumper by an inch or two. Wow. And me and my friend just were stunned, mouths agape, you know, just realizing that a moment ago, uh, we probably both would have been killed. I certainly would have been killed. Uh, it's not the kind of accident that a person would have come out of very well. Right. Uh, it, he would have hit me right at the door going very fast. And my friend actually said, follow that guy. We're going to kick his ass. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, man, no, no, no. And I just wide eyes and I just finished going through the intersection. I actually got dizzy. It was such a powerful moment. I knew something just happened. Yeah, this was big. And, and I almost got, I, I got lightheaded, like, oh my God, we almost just died. I pulled in the parking lot, parked the car, and we went fishing. And it was a very contemplative night. <laughs> we were very thankful for our lives that our moms didn't get a phone call that night. Wow. So what was going on there? You became disoriented for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Yeah, seemingly no reason. And you reason. did something unusual. You got lost in an area that you totally know. Yeah. And yet all those actions resulted in you narrowly avoiding a very severely dangerous situation. Yes. Yes. By the skin of your teeth, as, as it were. Absolutely. Um, I've thought about this many, many times in my life. Uh, let me start by saying I don't know what happened. I'm open to possibilities as to what that was. Some of the possibilities that have crossed my mind over the years, and I would say that these possibilities have evolved also over the years. Back when it happened, my only thought was something saved me. You know, some kind of guardian angel, some kind of yeah. spirit of the ancestors, 
you know, something, some... Maybe future Satch. Maybe future me, right? <laughs> Whatever it was, I, I felt like something came in and disoriented me to purposely slow me down just long enough to not get killed. You have shit to do. Yeah, I do. I absolutely You can't be do. distracted by lethal accidents. No, I can't. You know, I mean, that would totally cramp my style. It would. Um, and, you know, I was, like I said, I was probably um, in my late teens when, when this happened. Um, so I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on my story and what you think it, it could have been? You know, um, I think you're a sensitive person. I think you're, you're somebody, you know, who's meditated a lot and, and, you know, you, you, you pay attention. And I think maybe it's possible at some level that you were sensing something that your conscious mind wasn't able to process, you know, that, that you detected something, uh, in a very subtle way that would be hard to describe. Um, but I think maybe you sensed that something was off. You felt it. There was a way that you were processing this information, uh, on a deep level and, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to your conscious mind, but that at some level it was creating sensations and feelings inside of you that, that deviated you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, a, that's like a strong possibility in my mind that that Definitely, was going on. Yeah. I mean, this, this brings to mind the, the idea of, um, what, what we've talked about before, which is the, you know, subtle sensory perception yeah. as opposed to extra sensory yeah. perception. I, I find that the term extra sensory perception can be a little annoying to me. Because yeah. what's the extra sense? I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even psychics are describing what they're experiencing uh, with sensory language. So how is it an extra sense? I can imagine it being a subtle version of the senses that they're already using. Right. Um, and, 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 and by the way, I'm not saying that to, to discount um, the whole field of research, you know, into parapsychology and things like that. I'm just saying, you know, maybe extrasensory perception is not the right word. Maybe subtle sensory perception yeah. might be a more yeah. accurate term. That's all. And we've talked about this. I, I totally agree. Subtle sensory perception, SSP, yeah, right? Which is your initials, right? That's right. My initials. <laughs> So you and I went running and we always go running with a, a group of friends and this particular night ended up being you and I. Mm -hmm. At the end of the run, uh, we were standing out by the cars and having a conversation. I mean, think of that, you and I having a conversation. I know, that never right? happens. I mean, just ridiculous. Um, so we're speaking and I noticed your eyes seeing something sort of above my head and like kind of over my shoulder above my head. Mm-hmm. And I noticed you were noticing something and then quickly you're like, oh, 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 you like grabbed me and turned me around. Like, 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 look, 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 you wanted me to see the same thing you were seeing. And I turned around and why don't you describe what you saw first? Yeah, sure. So while I was speaking to you, I was noticing this ball of light. I'm guessing, you know, two or three, uh, you know, this is for all the UK people out there, two or three football field lengths uh, distance mm -hmm. um, away and probably one to two football field lengths in the air, maybe one. Okay. To be yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it would go from that position of, of maybe a football field's height, um, shooting up into the air, maybe half or more of a football field uh -huh. and then back to the same position. 
And it did so very quickly. It did this a couple times. And I thought, oh my God, I am seeing this. Like, this is legit. And so I grabbed you and turned you. I remember physically moving your shoulders. Yeah, I remember Because I just too. had to get you to turn quick. You turned me to my left. Yeah. I remember. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I just needed you to see this. And, and I, once I could determine that it wasn't like a meteor or a helicopter or some kind of drone. And I say, no, it wasn't a drone because I've seen so many drones. Yeah. I've seen so many of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, you can hear them. They, they move differently. They don't move mm -hmm. that quickly. And there's just a certain look to them that's different. This was a ball of light. Yeah. It, and it was yeah. very bright and it had way too much velocity and ability to change directions too quickly. Um, like I said, I've seen many. And so after you turned around, uh, it did it a couple more times. And then instead of up and down, it shot up at, a, at a, an oblique angle and vanished very quickly. I mean, this, the speed of this thing was like, okay, this is very unusual. There's, you know, I remember we were looking for a little while to see if, if anything would return and it didn't. But there was a sense that it was kind of like more or less over the park area that we were just running at. So the place that we, we run... Um, has a larger area, but we tend to circle about a three and a half mile radius when we do the loop. And so it was somewhere in that space that we saw it. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing to see that, to know that, hey, this is absolutely a UFO, an unidentified flying object. And it's, it's, it's not something that I can say I know what it is. I just know that it's not any of the items that I've seen out there that are belong to humans, you know, and it matches this, more the reports that you read and see in videos when people talk about UFOs. And you know what, folks, I saw it too. Yeah. You turn me around and I saw it. <clears throat> and this is what I remember seeing. Uh, I remember looking up and seeing a ball of light similar to the color of a shooting star. It was that kind of starlight mm -hmm. yep. type of type Slight of color. bluish color to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. something like that. Whitish blue. Yeah, and it, it was large. And, and for a split second, I thought you were probably seeing a shooting star and you just wanted me to see it also. Mm -hmm. um, and so as I turned around and I saw it, for maybe a millisecond, I thought, oh, it is a shooting star. And then I realized it's not moving like a shooting star. It wasn't going down. It hovered. I remember it went up, straight up, mm -hmm. and it went down again, but not in a floaty way like a drone would. It mm -hmm. was sharp. It was up. It went down. And I remember just shooting. You remember it sort of diagonally shooting up. I just kind of remember just up, mm -hmm. just shooting off up into the sky. And, and, and it shot up with speed and power, and it was completely silent. Um, and we saw it and we talked yeah. about it. We're like, what was that? Like that was, we just saw something, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we don't know what it was, but we both saw it. Yeah. And it's cool that we both saw it. It wasn't that far away either. No, it was fairly close. It wasn't like some distant little itty bitty speck out in the sky. No, it was yeah. pretty close. It wasn't I mean, like looking at a satellite or something in the desert. Oh no, heavens no, no. And it, it was, it was close. It was right over the area that we were running that we had just come from. Mm -hmm. Right. So hey, thank God it missed us, Carlos. Right. We would have been abducted. Right. <laughs> oh, we, we might've gotten a tour of the universe though. You yeah, never know. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Um, An authentic tour. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the real you and I are gone and this is just, you know, uh, this, this, the, the you and I that are here are, you know, simulacrums. Yeah. Body snatchers. Totally. Yeah. Homunculi. Yeah, but but we did see an unidentified 
flying object. We don't know what it is. It's unidentified. Yeah. And it isn't the first time I've, I've, I've had an experience like that. Um, I, I kind of wish there were more, but, yeah. but uh, I've seen during the daytime, uh, driving home in Cowan Heights when I, was, when I was driving home one day, um, I saw an orange ball. Yeah, this is a good story. Yeah, and yeah. it was really cool. I, 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 I tried to race towards it. Um, it looked a little bit like, have you ever seen those orange balls that hang on the telephone wires? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was similar to, similar to that, like that kind of look. I've seen yeah. those, so, so I was absolutely positive it wasn't that, <laughs> especially since it was moving around and not near any poles. And to clarify, um, you were in the car. I was in the car, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I wanted to get toward it, so I, so I kept going through the hills trying to get to it, and it just it left too quickly. I couldn't uh, catch it, and you know, you're in those hills, you can't go very fast, so... Yeah. Um, and you go up and down and twist and turn. And so you lose track of where it is that you're, you're sighting. But eventually, you know, it, it just kind of uh, flew further away. And, and what I find interesting about it is that that's the same look of craft that I've seen mm-hmm. in some YouTube videos. Yeah. So there are, there are for example, um, some YouTube videos of people who supposedly are able to call upon UFOs and then they come. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen some of these together. We've seen some of this. There was, there was a, a very st- a strange and interesting person named uh, the Prophet uh, Yahweh, he calls himself. Yeah, yeah. He's in Las Vegas somewhere. He's some kind of a minister of some kind. And he says that they're angels, and he calls upon the angels, and then they show up. Well, um, I guess he claimed to do that in front of the, a Las Vegas news team, and they, they, they were going to humor him. And then they were amused to find out that Sure enough, he did his thing, and they filmed on with professional cameras um, what seemed to be a orange glowing ball or an yeah. orange ball mm-hmm. uh, coming down and hovering right above where he was doing it. So sure enough, he you know he delivered, yeah, and then it flew off, and and that was that. Yeah, and didn't you say that, that at some point he seemed to have lost the ability to do it? I don't know if he lost it, but what I've noticed is that he he didn't. He claimed that that a whole fleet he would get a whole fleet of them to to land, yeah, and and that didn't happen, yeah, and then I don't really hear much from him anymore. So I don't know if if he overestimated his abilities or mm-hmm. what, but he's not the only person out there who says, "Hey, if you want to con- connect with it with a a UFO, here's how you do it." Yeah, you know, approach yeah. them with respect and love, reach out to them. I mean, he has his whole process of like connecting, and in a sense, it's like. Prayer, I guess you could say, because they, according to to the teachings, you know, they can they can detect the the uh, the thoughts and the feelings that you're feeling. I think you and I need to try it sometime. Maybe we ought to. <clears throat> I mean, it'd be worthwhile uh, doing it. a series of experiments. Uh, I think maybe trying once wouldn't be good enough. I think, you know, yeah, it's one of those things where you got to wash, rinse, repeat. Totally. And yeah. and I don't know that it'll work, but I don't know that it won't either. Right. It'd be worthwhile exploring. Yeah. Um, you know. You know that I did security for for Stephen Greer, Doctor yes. Stephen Greer, right? He's kind of a famous UFO guy. Yeah, very fascinating person and an intelligent person too. A very intelligent and, person. And anybody who's not familiar with him, he's a physician. Yeah, he's a like a he was a practicing physician. He was so you In know a busy emergency room. Yeah, um, and he runs something called Disclosure Project. So Disclosure Project did a national press conference in I think two thousand one, maybe. And he had a lot of, um, you know, former FBI and CIA contractors and NASA people. Even he even had some, uh, he had some government officials like uh, John Podesta and other people. You know, John Podesta was the um, 
uh, you ran the campaign for for the Clinton administration. Yeah, sounds familiar. Podesta. Then, yeah, yeah, pretty famous guy. Anyway, um, and a lot of people spoke at his conference, uh, the National Press Conference, which was filmed, and so you can you can YouTube that. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer National Press Conference UFO, and you'll you'll see a lot of people telling stories, and some of those stories are really out there. I'm just warning you, <laughs> and some of them are more straightforward. Yeah. But what's common about all of them is they're all wanting to swear um, in a court of law. They say, "Look, we we will swear and testify before Congress that this all happened and this is true. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for disclosure." And yeah. of course, you have all these recent situations where um, government programs are coming out into the light where um, Senator Harry Reid had that $20 million project where they were studying uh, UFO reports and they just released those mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And there've been several of these things where um, U.S. Navy and, and other forms of other aspects of government have said, look, we admit that there are unidentified aerial phenomenon and unidentified flying objects, so yeah. UAPs and UFOs. We don't know what they are necessarily. Yeah, This is the claim. I don't know if I believe that, but sure. um, at least uh, partially true, probably. Mm -hmm. um, but what's fascinating is that year after year after year, the claim is UFOs are of no interest to us. And yet several years pass and then you, release, re you, you, you realize that they have released yet another government program that spent millions of dollars researching it. And it's like, yeah. if it wasn't of interest, yeah, then they wouldn't spend the money. But they keep saying, oh, there's nothing to it. We're not even interested. It's not even, uh, it, has, it has no military interest for us. And it's like, okay, but these reports talk about missile silos, U.S. missile silos being disabled. Mm -hmm. And... UFOs and, coming over um, protected airspace. Right, that's like, of interest to me. It is. I mean, hovering <laughs> yeah. directly over yeah. the the state capitol, uh, oh, directly over the the White House and totally. over the Pentagon. Totally. When you see that and it's all over the news, how do you say that that is not of military interest? Big time. You know, Carlos, you you had um, you have a a really intriguing story about. Um, light and sound that happened uh, yeah. out in Ch Chico? Where, where no, was it? it was in Chatsworth. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of would, near would the you... Manson Caves and all that. Yeah, you want to you want to um, just tell that story? Sure. Yeah. So it was um, Halloween. Of course. Halloween I mean, why night. why wouldn't it be right? Right. And uh, it was another. It, it may have been a, a full moon or something like that. I know. Of it course. A, astrologically, of course. it kind of it was yeah. an interesting night. Yeah. Um, and and I went there with uh, my girlfriend at the time and and another couple. And the idea was that we were going to go out into nature and do a seasonal ritual. Okay. Okay. So as you know, I, I like to do seasonal rituals. Yeah. Uh, when I can, so I, I I did that and we found this little cave. And so I did this little ritual. It was a bit of an invocation. And at the culmination of the invocation, the incense smoke and the candle that was burning suddenly spiraled and sucked out, meaning there was a, a sucking force that pulled the smoke and, and oxygen out, probably out of this little, like a, a hole in the wall that was in the corner. And, um, you know, maybe it was a buildup of heat or whatever it was, but the timing was perfect. So I kind of sensed that, okay, this is the culmination of my ritual. Suddenly the spiral gets sucked out and it pulls the smoke. And I thought, okay, this is, 
uh, if, if ever there was a moment to end it, yeah. like, that was right there. Like, yeah, okay, a, the right is done, the right is finished. Right. You Mother know, Nature gave you a sign. It was, of, you know, yeah. may, maybe the energy of the of the elements that I was, you know, invoking were taking that energy and yeah. carrying it into the universe. Um, so it felt perfect. So we went outside and, and we were about to celebrate. We had brought a bottle of wine. We, we hadn't gotten into it yet. And... Um, <laughs> As soon as we get outside, there was a strange, whirring, oscillatory sound. Kind of like maybe something that would remind you of a 1950s flying saucer sound. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, sort of hard to imitate with, with, with a human voice, but it was kind of like... Like this really strange, um, oscillatory kind of okay. sound like an oscilloscope yeah right yeah 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 um and it was loud enough that local car alarms were going off okay so it had a physical force that could be felt yeah, yeah. it was loud very loud i had to raise yeah. my voice over it and alternating with the sound was a light much in the same way that thunder accompanies lightning okay yeah each time there was a sound there was a little bit of a delay and then there was a light accompanying it the light was in the sky, and it was like nothing I'd seen before except in the form of a nebula. So if you've seen deep space, you know, Hubble images of nebula, mm-hmm. yeah. that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. It was um, colorful and Colorful, beautiful. almost like a cloud, beautiful cloud of, of maybe slightly swirling lights of different colors. Okay. And the height of it was maybe about a, a football field's uh, distance in height. Okay. How many yards is that? Hundred yards, 100 right? Hundred yards, yeah. Um, and the width was maybe a half a football field in mm-hmm. width. And as the lights would dissipate, then there would be another wave. And I don't know how many times this happened. I'm, I'm just going to guess that it happened four times, let's say, ish. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was so strange. And in the distance, in the hills, the, the accompanying hills, I could hear people screaming. And the screams were, were the kind of sound that you would imagine when someone was both scared and excited at the same time. Sure, yeah. Like, it was as if they were witnessing the same thing from where they were. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, now, there are some interesting electromagnetic forces in that area. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just positing that with the strange formations may accompany strange mineral mineral deposits and perhaps the conditions under which those places were made probably does create some interesting electromagnetic phenomenon. Yeah, the rock formations would indicate that there's maybe something going on. Maybe, yeah. The the same way that a magnet would cause little little iron pieces to organize or something, yeah. Yeah, and and, and it was so so strange to me um, that I called my friend who works at NASA, Dr. Jeff Moore, just to ask his opinion on it. You know, you ever heard of anything like this? And he... His only answer was, well, you know, there's the Aurora Borealis, but we don't really get that here in, in, on, the, on the West Coast. Yeah, not, not in Chatsworth. Yeah, not yeah. in Chatsworth. Um, and so, you know, he wasn't really sure what to make of it either, um, nor was I. Um, but it did look like, I mean, I think he may have suggested, well, you know, there is such a thing as ball lightning. And I thought, well, yeah, but mm-hmm. I've seen ball lightning. This wasn't okay. like ball yeah, lightning. Yeah, this was colorful. It was colorful and it stayed in one place and it swirled a bit. Yeah. Um, I suppose it could be in the same class 
of of event, but it certainly was strange. And I felt uh, like I couldn't help but say to my friends, I said, be ready because we may be abducted. Now, <laughs> why it. did I say I that? It. I said that because I'd been reading of um, a psychiatrist who worked for the prison system who got really into UFOs. Mm-hmm. He had a theory about... You know, UFO abductions and demonic uh, possession and things like that, that there may be an electromagnetic component mm-hmm. that affects the brain in a certain way and causes hallucinations. And, and he wasn't suggesting at all that it wasn't preternatural beings. He wasn't suggesting that. He was saying mm-hmm. that there's also a mm-hmm. physical manifestation and that okay. if you only look at just the physical manifestation alone, it's weird. But he's saying that those are the conditions under which those extra-dimensional beings um, operate. Okay. So it was a bit like Carl Jung's idea. You know, Carl Jung spoke of the uh, universal unconscious and archetypes and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of modern psychologists reinterpret his words to, to mean something purely uh, psychological, but that's not how Carl Jung meant it. Okay. And if you look at the Red Book that he wrote and his personal journals and stuff, you know that he was a practicing occultist. He mm-hmm. believed in the external reality of spirits and gods and angels yeah. and things like that. He yeah. believed in that. And just because he believed it doesn't mean we have to, but I think it's just important to put it in perspective that there are lots of you know folks along the way, intelligent yeah. folks who, who believe that there may be something to this, right? Yeah, um, and we lose sight of that today. That's filtered we, out. We do. We, we lose sight of it and we think, oh, you know, the and, and again, it's poor logic, right? Poor reasoning to say, okay, strength in numbers, right? You know, um, nobody believes that. Yeah. That's not a good argument. Right. Simultaneously, it's not a good argument to say, hey, uh, some smart people believed it. But I guess I'm using that argument a little sure, bit. I'm just sure, saying, sure. hey, I'm yeah. not the only person out there <laughs> that thinks yeah. there might be something extra it's going like, on. Hey, you can believe you in know? cool things and be smart. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, again, it... I, I could be wrong. These are just kind of like my working theories. I don't know. I yeah. don't know that I'll ever wow. have answers for it, but it was strange. And I definitely, I definitely felt the, the strangeness in the air that night. There yeah. was a kinesthetic sense that there was weird things mm-hmm. going on. And, and we, we visually witnessed it. We auditorily witnessed it. Yeah. Um, it was a strange night. And, and I think another intriguing aspect of this is that the, the couple that I was with, their story of what happened changed over time. It became hmm. less and less of a big deal. And yeah. I think that I had read about that prior to them doing it, is that people who have these experiences, often their initial report is more fantastic than the report that you get from them a year later. Which is not what you would normally expect. Normally stories get more elaborate as time goes by. It can. You know, certain types it, of stories. It certainly but, can. But not this but type. in many cases, uh, when something's very weird and yeah. people are uncomfortable with it, they have a tendency to reverse justify okay, and try to come up with something that sounds more reasonable so they don't feel as weird sharing it. And so their, mm. their memories start to warp. They reconsolidate yeah. the memory and suddenly there were no colors of light and maybe there was no light at all or maybe there was no sound or, you know. They started adjusting their submodalities. Yes, they did. Yeah. You know, maybe it only happened once and not four times. You know, yeah. so things change. And so I, I found that intriguing because yeah. I, I purposely shared my story with a few people knowing that it was possible. Mm-hmm. And the people I shared with said, no, 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 you're sharing the same story you shared with us initially. Okay. Okay. So you're, 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 they're the ones who changed the story. 
Wow. So I think I find that fascinating yeah. too, because you know, um, eyewitness reports are not- notorious for being terrible. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Carlos, I just want to say thank goodness for all these things. Yeah. You know, I mean, you had that amazing experience and I'm glad you did because life is funner when we have these kinds of things, you it know, is. uh, I didn't want to almost get hit by a car in an intersection, but now that I've had that experience, I'm glad that's part of my story, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad my dear sister, you know, even though, you know, that was a very serious accident that she had and, you know, she turned out to be okay with a lot of pain and misery and real injury. Mm-hmm. I'm glad her life story was enhanced by that experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's, even though some mysteries are best left for the heavens, um, uh, let's celebrate them. They're, they're, they're fun. They're neat. They make life spicy. They do. They yeah. do. Yeah, they really do. You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Special thanks to our guest, Lori Ballinger. My name is Oliver Altine. I produce the show. I also wrote our theme music, which you're listening to right now. And the interstitial music this time is something I just whipped up on my keyboard here. I thought it was a kind of a cool paranormal-sounding riff. So uh, there you go. (laughs) Please subscribe to The Authenticity Show if you haven't already done so, wherever you get your podcasts. And find us on social media. That means like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and check out our YouTube page. And you can find our website at AuthenticityShow.com. Thank you for listening, and have an authentic day.